Welcome to the latest episode of El Paso Talks, where the voices of El Paso are heard. Now let's welcome today's host. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Unmuted. I am your host, Claudia Rodriguez. So I want to start off by saying I hope everybody had a very happy and fun spring break. Um, I know I myself really enjoyed my time with my kids, which is why I apologize. I didn't put any content out. Um, They kept me busy enjoying the cold. And so I hope everybody was safe. If you traveled, I hope it was so much fun. I hope you all had a blast. Um, I know we are really look we were really looking forward to traveling but unfortunately our plans fell through however we will be traveling this weekend with my family all right well let's get into it um a lot has happened in the last two weeks you know as we all know the drama continues surrounding the city manager the drama continues surrounding the multi-purpose center and those oh and also the drama continues with proposition k the climate chart excuse me, the climate charter. So today I want to reiterate, retouch, touch base on all three of those issues because um, it's, it's what's happening in El Paso and it's very important that we stay informed. It's very important that I let you all know the inside scoop, I guess, of what's going on. And, and just, you know, again, I want to thank you for, for listening to my podcast and downloading it. It really does mean the world to me. Um, I would also encourage you all to follow me on Instagram at Claudia for EPTX and on my Facebook at Claudia for El Paso. So starting off today with the ongoing drama behind the, the city manager, um, As you all know, he was fired and we weren't given a reason why. Um, I actually saw an episode or I'm sorry, a news report where there was a news reporter from KFOX and he was trying to ask from Representative Kennedy and from Mayor Oscar Leeser why they fired the, the city manager and they refused to answer. They refused to give an answer. And I find that so shameful like how do you fire your executive employee who's doing a phenomenal job and not give an answer and then not only that but like get everybody the entire community to pay a million dollars for your grievances your personal grievances towards the city manager I just, I can't wrap my mind around it. I don't understand it. It's disgusting. I think that they definitely, as community leaders, if they're going to be spending that kind of money, they need to be transparent and they need to tell the community why they fired the city manager. And they refused to do so because they're cowards, because they had no reason to do so, because they did it for their personal vendettas. That's it. Period. And they can't explain that. That's not justifiable. And again, as as shameful as that is, as disrespectful as it is, it's terrible what they're doing to the community. It's terrible what they're doing to city staff. You know, I hear from city staff members that they're afraid and I don't blame them. They're afraid because they're scared they might lose their jobs. They're afraid that that 
this whole thing, like if they look the wrong way, if they breathe the wrong way, that they will be fired. And I don't blame them because that is the example that Mayor Oscar Leeser and Kennedy and Fierro and Molinar and Anello, that is the example that they set for the city. If you all misbehave, we're firing you and we don't need to tell you why. And we don't need to tell the community why either. And so they appointed, um, I don't think they, I don't think they planned this through correctly or appropriately. I know that, you know, I, I heard a saying recently that really stuck to me that says you don't leave your job without having another job, meaning you don't ditch plan A without having plan B. And if these past three months of city council have shown us anything is that they have no plan. They don't have plan for another city manager. They don't have plan for what they're going to do with the NPC. They don't have any plans other than we're just going to bulldoze our way through everything and let the community suffer for it. Um, they didn't have a plan for, for getting rid of the city manager. They appointed at the last council meeting um, Colonel Kerry Wesson, whom I know personally. He's great. Um, but that was just unnecessary. Like, so unnecessary. As qualified and as, and as great as Kerry is, he's only there temporarily while, while they find another city manager. Which, by the way, who's going to want to come and work in El Paso? Who's going to want to drop whatever job they have to come work in a city that that is uncertain that if you if they don't like you, they will fire you. Oscar Leeser has created such a hostile environment and he wants to portray himself to be this good boy. No, he's not. And it's very sad how for his own ego, for his own, ugh, like it's disgusting. Like, I'm sorry, guys. Like, it's I, like if you all knew Oscar Leeser and, and the things that he's done and his personal life, like you all would be disgusted by him. And he's doing all this for power. And then he plays a victim and like, I'm the good boy. Like, no, you're not, sir. Like, you, you lack in, in courage. Like, you bend the knee to your activist, which again, they're activists. Like you do not bend the knee to activists. You don't shut them out because you, as a leader, have that responsibility to listen to everybody's concerns as extreme or radical they may seem. You have to, because that's your role. That's what, what it means to be a leader. But then you respect people and you, you responsibly tell them, you know what? No, that's not how we run things around here. And so I think that them now having, I don't even know they realize the work that's going to go into hiring a new city manager. They need to now hire a firm that needs to basically scout the nation for a city manager that wants to come to El Paso. And I mean, I find that so far-fetched, like... Of course, someone's going to take the job, right? Because at the end of the day, like who who's going to say no to money? But then it just goes back to that. Like 
if it was the money, like if you fired the city manager, because like I mentioned before, he makes too much money. Well, that's that's that comes with the territory. Like that's part of the city manager's job. And so any city manager that we get, you have to pay them and they're contracted. And so whomever we 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 get, you know, I sincerely hope for the betterment of this community that I mean, I just ugh, I find it so unnecessary that we're having to go through this. But I hope that for the betterment of this community, that that candidate is somebody that is relatable to El Pasoans that I really do hope we we pick somebody that's one of our own. I hope we pick a Hispanic. I hope they're highly qualified. I hope they have conservative <clears throat> values. I hope they're right in the middle politically. I hope that they're able to come in and listen to counsel and not impose their own personal convictions on on the decisions that counsel is, is directing them to do. And I hope they do what's right. And I hope they're as educated, as informed, as talented as a city manager that we fired because he made too much money. We're never going to grow, guys. Like, we're never going to grow as a community with that kind of mentality, that hater mentality. And that's all it is. Like, very ugly, very envious mentality of like, we can't stand to see others succeed more than us. When really what we should be doing as a community is lifting people up and rejoicing in their success and building them up and not tearing them down. And you have you have a restaurant. Good for you. You're opening up a second, third. Great for you. Where can I go? You have a degree in in business administration. You want to be the city manager. Good for you. Like I wish you success wherever you go. That's how it should be. And not just for for Hispanics and Latinos, but like just as humans in general, like let's raise each other up and not tear each other down. That's ugly. And it's not productive. It's counterproductive. And it's just, I want no part of that type of environment or activity. Like whatever your ambitions are, whether it be, I mean, of course, like I want people to have great ambitions. Like I don't want people to settle. I want people to have great ambitions and, and I will always be a cheerleader for people with ambitions to succeed no matter what you want to succeed in. I hope, I wish you, and I pray for the best for you. May God's will be upon you. So I don't know. I don't know if this, how soon this thing's going to go away. You know, the other thing that I forgot to mention is the whole deal with Representative Molinar. Like, what? You, are you kidding me? Like, you, so... Representative Kennedy submitted the whole item by himself to to fire 
the city manager and Representative Molinar. Um, yeah, I think he retaliated. He he knew that this was coming. Now, I'm not going to go on here and say, you know, representative, because I, I wasn't at executive session. Like, I don't know what was discussed. I don't know the gravity of what he said or what he did. But I am going to say that that this person that is, is saying these things I'm sure that felt ugly like as 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 much as people want to minimize it like it feels ugly guys when you are there and you just are just trying to be you and you have somebody bugging you like leave me alone leave me alone and just I told you no go away like why do I have to take it because I'm afraid for my job like yeah that's sexual harassment 101 and the city manager had to stand up for his employee as he would for any of his almost 7,000 employees across the city that is his job and the employee was afraid for retaliation and and obviously like it happened so representative Kennedy submits the item and then all of a sudden representative Molinar wants to jump on that bandwagon and say I want to be a part of that. Like, yeah, that's... And then not see why you fired the guy. Like, it looks and smells like retaliation. So it was a very ugly thing that happened. It was personal vendettas. It was retaliation. It was men being terrible to another man. And they fired him. And then the city has to pay us, the taxpayers, have to pay a million dollars for for their personal crap that they have going on over there. It's just a shame. It's embarrassing. I don't know how, how we're going to attract another viable candidate, given all of that hostility, given all of that nonsense that's going on. That, and again, just boils back down to that's why we don't have anything here in El Paso because people are so hostile like they're just hostile haters and as long as we keep voting for these people like yeah that we're just going to continue on this trajectory of decades and decades of not having anything worth and we know our worth but as long as we keep voting for these people like we're not going to have anything worthwhile here in El Paso, unfortunately and sadly. Um, so that's that's all I wanted to reiterate about the whole thing that happened with the city manager. And next thing I want to talk about is the NPC. Um, I'm no longer... I refuse to feed into that narrative of the arena. Like I'm done with it. I'm over it. Like it's, it's not, it was never going to be. And even when it was considered, it was very quickly discovered that it couldn't be an arena, that it would have been an MPC, a multi-purpose cultural center. And that's the language that was on the bond. Anybody that that wants to go back and just Google it, 2012 Quality of Life Bond, that's the language that we voted on, an NPC. And that's what we would have had. 
So this past or last week, I should say, I had an interview with Soul Signs on Extra for ABC7 Extra. And we were talking about Duranguito and what comes next. Again, going back to my point I made earlier, they ditched plan A without having a plan B. Let me see if I can try to summarize everything that's been going on because it's a lot and it's complicated but it it if if you all pay attention like it could be very dumbed down and narrowed to where anybody could understand it and you can see that this whole thing was just political and it was it was again another personal vendetta against the city of El Paso um the city of El Paso and this is what what I I talked about in my interview and if you all get a chance go to my Instagram pages and Facebook pages and you'll be able to see the the interview that I post on there. I posted the full interview on there. Um it was a debate between David Romo or Dr. David Romo and I and and for those of you that aren't familiar with David Romo, he is the historian that has been fighting alongside Max Grossman for the Duranguito neighborhood. Well, I went on there and we were discussing about what comes next. Like what what's the game plan here? Well, there is no game plan. Um they're suggesting is their suggestion, I'm sorry, is plan regeneración and they they're talking about I don't know, like re reconstructing the buildings, um, renovating the buildings, and then they have these drawings, and this is where I'm gonna put on my architecture hat and critique them architecturally. And those drawings, guys, are terrible like I went to architecture school I started at EPCC the students at EPCC could have came up with better drawings more thoughtful drawings than that those drawings do not give justice to what your claim is about the importance of the history of that neighborhood there is a garden of music I don't know I'm not familiar with what kind of history or how the music element ties into the history of that neighborhood. Um, it just seemed like, hey, that that would be cool, like having some piano thing like here, which if you want to have like a interactive type of neighborhood, I guess. But like it was just it, they're just so thoughtless. Like there was there was there is nothing. There's a mural um, that was probably just a picture that was found on Google and it was superimposed on the side of one of those buildings and and while it's a cool picture you know that would be the mexican revolution museum again that that's a cool thing like yeah that that would be really cool how the heck are you gonna pay for it so that was that was the the i guess the focus of that debate was that he could not for the life of him tell us how he's going to fund it and so Again, going back to when the city first purchased the buildings, whatever the reason was, I was not on council. I had no control over it. 
But when I went into counsel, like this is this was the hand that I was dealt. This is what I have to deal with. The city bought the neighborhood for $20 million um, and then decided to go and put holes through some of those buildings. And so all of that was stopped because of the litigation. Um, And then they've just been in a cage, guys. Like literally Duranguito is in a cage. We had a couple of weeks ago, we had 700 historians from the state of Texas come into El Paso to see our museums, to see our, our renovated buildings, to see the beautiful plaza hotel that was renovated by Paul Foster and right next to all of that to see the the newly renovated Paso Norte Hotel right next to that is Duranguito in a cage that's embarrassing like we can't get our crap together we have this this thing that we're fighting for but we can't decide how to get there and we just leave it locked up in a cage so last year during when I was on council I I decided I was talking to Max Grossman still at the time and him and I decided that it would be that it's best, that it's time to move forward with good faith negotiation. And the city complied. They said, fine, we will give it another shot. Um, Even though they were skeptical of Max Grossman, you know, I vouched for him at the time and I said, no, it's time for it with him and JP. And I vouched for them and the city decided to move forward with good faith negotiation and Max being Max, impatient Max, like it's taking too long. What's going on? Like they haven't called and this and that. And it's like, dude, like, are you freaking kidding me? Like everything in the city moves at a like snail at a snail pace like it moves so slowly like I don't know why like that's just everything in government period like things move so slowly and there is nothing you can do about it Max Grossman like you just got to be patient and wait like you waited this long what's a couple more months like just chill and hold on and like be there be present like we're doing this for you at the same time There was, that's when we commissioned the Gensler study again. It was with me pretty much asking Max, like, hey, is this okay? Like, do you think this is something that we can do? Yeah, for sure. Like, let's move forward with it. Um, He didn't say for sure. My words, not his. And he, but in a nutshell, he said, yes, like, let's move forward with the Gensler study. And so I supported the Gensler study because Max Grossman told me to support the damn Gensler study. Um, well, that was actually, I mean, and, and even though $800,000, it seems steep, like that's what it was. Like we had to hire as a city, a consulting firm, an architecture firm, um, that was out of town. Why? Because nobody in El Paso has that expertise on building those types of venues. So we actually contracted Gensler. Gensler actually did the the Toyota Music Factory in Irving, Texas. I went there. It's a freaking awesome um, facility. And they did their homework. They did the study. They, they reached out to the community, even though 
David Romo wants to say that no, they didn't. Yeah, they did. They had multiple events where the community can go down there. There was online surveys. Max Grossman had first dibs at every single one of those events. Him and JP Bryan. They also had first dibs on like what they wanted to see there. They had like no one else had that seat at the table. Not even council had that seat at the table. They did. And so for David Romo to say, no, nobody consulted us, that is BS. Like, yes, everybody was informed. There was multiple times and you would have, you should have participated. If you didn't, then that's on you. That's not on the city. And really quickly what those studies found, those surveys done by the, by Gensler from the community, very quickly it was found that the city want or the community wanted to move forward with the project, but they also wanted to preserve the neighborhood. And so Gensler was able to do a hybrid model of that. And so really early on in the study, they found that it was not going to be a damn arena. It was going to be more of a multi-purpose cultural center. And it was going to be, it wasn't going to be 15,000 seats. It was now going to be closer to 8,000. So it was being scaled down. It was, it was, the project was being scaled down for two reasons. Number one, so that it could fit within the footprint. And number two, so they could stay within budget. That's another argument that Max Grossman likes to throw out there like, oh, um, yeah, uh, the city spent millions of dollars in my litigation, but I saved them over half a billion dollars. How do you know that, Max? Like, I know you pride yourself on being this crazy person that knows everything, but you don't, bro. Like, you set the city on fire for your own personal gain. No, you didn't save the city half a billion dollars. You costed us millions of dollars, literally costed us millions of dollars. And your hypothetical half a billion dollars is just that hypothetical. You don't know because you're not an expert. We hired the experts and they were finding out, they were telling us, they were guiding us. And we told them, this is your budget. And no certificates of obligation wouldn't have been used for that because while I would have been on council, while I was on council, not once did I certify a certificate of obligation, not once. And so this whole thing is such a mess. We tried, Adair Margo and I tried to put a community event together to invite the community to come down and see the Gensler study and like really have an opportunity to engage with the results. Because after all, this is this belongs to the community. Like this is your report. This is your study. We all pay for it. Like you deserve to know what is in that report. And what is in that report is very telling of a project that was trying to heal the community, a project that was trying to stay within budget, and it would have been excellent. It would have been an excellent asset for the city of El Paso. It was coming along, it was, it would, had it been built, that project was going to be tied essentially with, or not tied, it would have had a contract, I should say, with Live Nation. For those of you that don't know, Live Nation is this 
this company that brings concerts to different venues across the the community and again going back to the toyota music factory they have that contract with live nation and they have concerts there multiple concerts weekly versus an arena that would have been contracted to um basketball team i suppose i don't know or soccer whatever it would have been contracted to that team and that team whomever they were would have required to have it numerous amounts of of days from the year like so many days there would have been very little opportunity for having any other event whether it was disney on ice or what have you like it would the majority of the time would have been contracted to whatever team so again the the study was working and it was showing that it was going to be a true npc center for the community um David Romo was like saying that this this whole thing was going to be given to that he was talking him and his people were talking to the mayor and that the mayor was suggesting that they sell the the neighborhood to the county and my mind was just blown like I was like what like first of all the mayor doesn't have that type of authority he doesn't like he might have council support but council at the end of the day that decision is left to the council it's not the mayor excuse me the mayor to decide he was just trying to i guess flex and be like yeah i can get you this no you can't do crap mayor at least like sorry you can't um and the county doesn't have 20 million dollars and even if they did have 20 million dollars all you're doing to the taxpayers is transferring that $20 million debt from one taxing entity to another taxing entity. And then it's going to be the same thing all over again because it's ta- it was purchased with taxpayer money. You can't just gift it. Like, I think that's what David Romo was alluding to that. Oh, if the county buys it, they're just going to gift it to us. No, you can't do that. Like, you can't gift people million of taxpayer money. Like, you can't do that. And so, again, going back to my main point, they have no plan. They have this this very sad, ill-constructed picture or rendering of what they would want to see there, but they have no plan, like they don't. And unfortunately, like had they just been patient, had they just been sincere in their wanting to participate in negotiation with the city, sincere being the key word and not in it to beat the city because at the end of the day, like Max screwed us all over because it was never about the buildings. It was never about saving taxpayer money. It was always about his own damn ego and beating the city. There, I said it. Max Grossman, that's all you wanted was to beat the city. Congratulations. You beat the city. I hope the city hates you forever for it because you costed us a lot more and you divided us and you set us on fire and you bulldozed through many friendships, through many people that supported you just to get your way. 
and you have no plan, Max. You have no plan. I talked to JP. You have no plan. Designated, designating it a historic um, district could have been done. And the only reason why the city didn't care to do so, even though I wanted them to do so, to help you out, they wouldn't have benefited from that because tax... Oh my gosh. Had, they de- had we designated that whole area historic and we wouldn't have been eligible for tax credits because at the end of the day, it was purchased with taxpayer money. Anything that would have any building um, materials, anything that we would have bought, construction, it would have all been tax exempt already. So we wouldn't have saved money on tax credits because we wouldn't have paid taxes for it because it was purchased with taxpayer money. You should know that, Max. Um, so yeah, they had no plan. And so now we're going to be left with a blighted neighborhood in a cage when, again, had they just been sincere and patient, they could have really, it could have brought healing. It could have brought peace. It, it could have just, yeah, like your buildings would have been saved. Our history would have been preserved. Like it, the like they would have been reconstructed. They would have been remodeled. They would have been repurposed. They would have been all of that was included in the Gensler study. And you could have had that Mexican Revolution Museum. Like, that's a great idea. You could have brought that to the table. You could have had that Chinese Laundry Cultural Center. You could have brought that idea to the table. And it would have been paid for. You would have had funding for it. You don't have crap anymore. And then there was another genius idea from David Romo that why doesn't the city just build the damn thing behind on the railroad tracks behind City Hall? Well, because that would entail spending more taxpayer money. Wherever you you suggest to put this thing is going to entail spending more money. And no, we cannot remodel the Civic Center or the Abraham Chavez Theater like we cannot they should because we need a better convention center but you need to figure out where to get the money for that because again per the bond we can't just be spending money on whatever we want because that's not what the voters directed the city of El Paso to do it's not that simple If it were that simple, we wouldn't have spent years in litigation. And so I go back to this was the hand that we were dealt. We could have had an MPC. We could have restored the buildings. We could have taken the buildings out of the damn cage. We could have brought healing to the community. We could have had the music, the Mexican Revolution Museum. We could have had the Chinese Laundry Cultural Center. We could have had all of those things. Those are fantastic ideas with funding. Keyword, because money talks. Could have had them with funding. 
Now, good luck to you all. I don't know where where we move on from this. Um, I hope that we can reschedule that meeting that we had that Max Grossman shut down because apparently the man can't hear opposing views like he has to be shutting down speech and censoring people because if because he's afraid. Why is he afraid? Truth hurts. And if the truth gets out, it'll show that there was a solution. There was a viable solution. There was a solution within budget. But he would have lost like he wouldn't have beat the city. And so he would have failed. Personally, he would have failed. So moving on to the final thing I want to talk about is this Proposition K and what we've been saying, you know, what I've been urging everybody to get informed and vote no on it. Um, We now know that it's Proposition K and I will do a little bit longer of a deep dive on next week's episode of it. I have the actual ballot language now and I want to dissect it and go over it with you all. Um, but I mean, I'm glad that it's finally getting, we're finally getting the ball rolling. I did a press conference last week with Congressman Tony Gonzalez and, and former mayor, former mayor D. Margo and other community leaders. Carla Sierra from the Libre Initiative was also there. Desiree from the Hispanic Chamber was there. Um, there was a lot of people there. I was pleasantly surprised to see so many people there in opposition to this thing and it is important that you all follow everything that's going on with it because it's not good like I can't emphasize that enough and no kiddos it's not fear-mongering it's the truth this is what you all are pushing for And it is dangerous and it's going to kill hundreds of thousands of jobs here in El Paso. It's going to kill over half of the jobs here in El Paso. It's going to cost us, the taxpayers, billions of dollars. Like you all, we're complaining about the city manager's pay. We're complaining about the the bond money. This is nowhere near that. Like that's like in the low millions of dollars. Like this is in the billions and billions and billions of dollars. It's time that that we wake up, that we become proactive, do our research on Proposition K and the exact language. It's not vote no, it's not vote nay, it's vote against. So you're gonna vote for or against. And I am proudly stating vote against like that thing is bad. Vote against it. That's it because I'm getting a little bit running out of time here. I'm almost at 40 minutes. So thank you all again for listening. I will continue to speak truth to power. Max Grossman, I'm not afraid of you. 
he's probably going to send out. And by the way, he hasn't stopped sending out emails. So I'm not even going to be surprised if he sends out a million more. I don't care. I don't care, Max Grossman. You are a terrible person for the city of El Paso. Go back to Minnesota. And everybody else, have a very good weekend. Have a very good week. Um, I will talk to you for soon. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, leave comments on the comment section. If not, follow me on my social medias. Again, Claudia for EPTX on Instagram and Claudia for El Paso on Facebook. And I will talk to you soon. Bye. This has been Unmuted with Claudia, where we discuss the most important issues facing our community. Thank you for listening to my podcast. If you love my podcast, I'd appreciate it if you would subscribe, rate, and review me on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Don't forget to let me know what topics you would like for me to cover in future episodes. Drop me a line on claudia at claudiafoelpaso.com. See you in my next episode. This has been El Paso Talks, a podcast about El Paso delivered to you by the voices of your neighbors, your friends, your family, and even yourself. If you haven't already, like, subscribe and rate our podcast. El Paso Talks is produced by El Paso News. The opinions expressed are those of the individual delivering the episode and may not necessarily represent the views of El Paso News or the other podcasters on El Paso Talks. Find us at elpasonews.org. See you in the next episode.